on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, What's up, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board as always. You can listen via the ESPN app. Take us with you wherever you go. Just uh, download the app. I'm sure many of you have the ESPN app on your phone. Anyway, you find the Listen tab, you find us and off you go. It is so depressing right now. I just have to say, it's already getting dark. We turn the clocks back. My dog doesn't exactly go along with the clock turning back. So I didn't get the extra sleep. Now it's getting dark. I just, I'm not liking this. But life is good for a Syracuse sports fan. So that's the counterbalance there. That's the happiness that I get, even though I'm looking outside and getting depressed. There's snow in the forecast for later this week. Our pets' heads are falling off, but... What a time to be alive if you're a Syracuse University football, basketball, just generally a Syracuse athletics fan at this point. I don't know how I got there from the ESPN app, but that's that, that's just not where the show goes sometimes. Anyway, however you're listening today, greatly appreciate that. Here's how you get in touch with the program today. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Hit that uh, Twitter anytime or the show never stops. And the on-the-block text line is 288-0644. We have one guest joining us today about an hour from now, the AD, John Wildhack. Speaking of a good time to be around Syracuse Athletics, how about a good time to be in charge of Syracuse Athletics? John, I'm sure, with a big smile on his face, work to be done certainly for football. Basketball is just beginning. Both men's and women's basketball, along with football, ranked at the same time. For the first time ever, albeit uh, the two out of those three haven't played a game yet, but a lot to discuss with John, how the process for a bowl game is going to work, the success of the football team so far, and the work they have to do as a former ESPN executive. What would he put the chances of college game day planting its set at Yankee Stadium next week? And I know that Clemson and BC is the game day game this, this week, which I thought was an odd choice, but hey, it's their show. So I don't know if they would do an ACC matchup two weeks in a row because technically Notre Dame-Syracuse is an ACC matchup, but, hey, there's still a chance, right? You're telling me there's a chance? A lot of you saying that it's time for Syracuse to open the purse strings and pay Dino Babers and ensure 
that he stays on as the Syracuse football coach to bat off potential suitors. Thanks, Brent. Will you accept this rose, Dino? So there's a lot to discuss with the AD, and we'll do it about an hour from now. We'll go on the blind side as we do every Monday. We'll do some hot takes as we do every day on this show, and we'll hear from you uh, throughout the program. Certainly, though, we start with Syracuse football. Lucky number 13. 13 in the AP poll, 13 in the USA Today poll. Someone ranked Syracuse 13th in his AP poll. Thank you very much. Like a broken clock. Uncle Brent is right sometimes, right? Syracuse took the biggest jump in the AP poll this week from 22 to 13. Biggest jump in the coaches poll. And given that they were 19th in the college football playoff ranking, the highest ranking of any a week ago, when that poll comes out tomorrow night, now it's coming out a little later than usual because they're going to put it during the basketball showcase that's on tomorrow. So I believe it's halftime. I'm not sure which game it is first because you got the four of the top ten teams in the country playing tomorrow, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State amongst those. So they do that big college basketball tournament to start off the year, and they're going to do the playoff ranking at halftime in one of those games. So we're not going to know the college football playoff ranking, I think, until about 930 tomorrow night. But surely Syracuse will move up in that. And given that they were 19th in that a week ago, what will they be this week? What a time to be alive as we talk about Syracuse football with its highest ranking since 1998 and so many trends that are crumbling down. Now, it is one win in one situation, but, oh, I'm sorry, the rankings are going to come out between those two college basketball games, not at halftime, pardon me, between those two big college hoops games tomorrow. So, yeah, right around nine-ish or so, we we should know what's happening there. It's one game, it's one win. But we know about the rankings, and we know about the first time they've been ranked since 2001, highest ranking since 1998. But as we said going into the Wake Forest game, in order to live up to the mantra that one Dino Baber says consistently, to be consistently good, not occasionally great, then you've got to win on the road. You've got to win league games on the road. You've got to win games where you're favored considerably. You have to win games that straight up, matchup-wise, you should win and all that. So a few more trends started to come down. One is simply that Eric Dungy's healthy, and you have your starting quarterback going into this Friday night matchup against Louisville. That is a luxury that Syracuse has not had the past two Novembers. Dino Babers has now won a football game in the month of November. Thanks, Brent. Something he has not done as the head coach until Saturday. Syracuse, for the first time in eight road games in league play, won a football game. Syracuse won a game in the month of November, period, for the first time since the Scott Schaefer walk-off against Boston College. So you had to start the month off strong. You had to prove you could win on the road. You had to prove you could beat a league team on the road. You had to prove that your starting quarterback could stay healthy. And given that the chances of Dungy getting hurt in this game went up and that he made through it okay, just goes to show you that, look, Syracuse has a lot going for it this year. They are plus 12 in the turnover category. Knock on wood, they are one of the healthier football teams in college football. They have not had any serious injuries this year, you know, other than, of course, Tyrone Perkins. And we wish him the best as he's still down in Winston-Salem getting his leg tended to. Uh, You lost your long snapper earlier in the year. And the owies that have piled up and some of the secondary guys are banged up. But 
This is not a situation where injuries are piling on injuries. And Syracuse is a relatively healthy football team, including the most important position. Syracuse proved that they can adjust on the fly, that they can do something they're not expected to do against Wake Forest. And this is where I was wrong. And I, do we have that on tape so I can play that for my wife later? Where I underestimated having Eric Dungy in the lineup is what we saw on Saturday. Because, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Tommy DeVito couldn't make some of the same plays that Eric Dungy did Saturday against Wake Forest, but I can tell you he wouldn't make them as consistently. Dungy is just simply a runner. He recognizes situations quicker, and his feet are a weapon. Tommy DeVito can scramble. Okay, Tommy DeVito, he's, he's not... You know, like Tom Brady out there lumbering around. I mean, he can move. But Dungy's a runner. He likes to run. He knows how to do it. And there's some games where your quarterback needs to do that. And it's a weapon and it's an asset. And this was one of those games. Because Wake Forest, despite having just a litany of injuries themselves, despite having the 124th ranked defense in all of college football, shut down the Orange passing game. They were bound and determined and they did it by flooding Dungy's passing lanes. They gave him plenty of time. And this is a risk you got to take because the week before that, 411 yards. So you could not let Eric Dungy go out there and sling it. They chose to say, we know we can run, but we feel we can absorb that and make the, the stops and the plays when we need to. Well, they didn't because Mo Neal also ran the football. And Jarvian Howard also ran the football. And big Chris Elmore and Dante Strickland. I have been saying on the show for weeks, and I thought it would be more the NC State game. I was a week late. I said, you have got to run the football at some point to win a game, even with the you know, freestyle offense that you play in. And doing it on the road, and it wasn't a bad weather situation, but doing it on the road this time of the year, when weather can be a factor, it most certainly could be at Yankee Stadium next week, that's a good thing to have on your side. And I don't think that's something DeVito could do. Had Tommy DeVito been the starting quarterback, taken over for Dungy, as many wished for, myself included, I feel like he throws a couple interceptions in that spot, throws the ball away in that spot, and just doesn't make positive yardage out of broken-down plays as much as Dungy. So this is where having Eric Dungy was an advantage, and Syracuse sucked it up, and they ran the football. They got another Terrific performance out of the pass rush. It was not quite bend but don't break like it was against NC State of North Carolina. But when a play was needed, Andre Sisco comes in, pops the ball loose, and Evan Foster recovers it. Christopher Frederick seals the deal with an interception. Sam Hartman just drops the football, and Syracuse is there to recover. Turnovers were big. Syracuse ran the ball. They threw enough times to get the first downs, keep the chains moving. And they, by far, not their typical pile-up-the-numbers offensive day the way you think they do, but there's still 41 points on the board at the end of the day. They are 7-2. and two. Just to add to some trends here, that's the first time Syracuse has had seven wins in the regular season since 2012. When they beat Louisville Friday night, that will be the first time they'll have eight wins in the regular season since 2001. The prior eight-win seasons came by winning an eighth game to get to a bowl game. So the trends are all up. Syracuse fans are 
Certainly looking forward to Friday night. Eric Dungy, who rarely tweets, got on Twitter and said, hey, how about we pack the dome, send out the seniors on a high note, Dino Babers. The thing he is most happy about, and we discussed this with him last week in our weekly chat with the head coach, which you could hear Thursdays, thanks to Empower Federal Credit Union and Verona and Son Funeral Home, is the seniors, the legacy, that no matter what happens, and by winning on Saturday, Syracuse is now assured a winning season. No matter what happens the rest of the year, it was this group of seniors that turned things around. Seventh win guarantees those guys a, a winning season, not finishing out 500 or dipping dipping below 500 in a bowl game. Can't say enough about what they've done to change this culture here at Syracuse University and give us an opportunity to do greater things in the future. Regardless of whatever happens, they're going to be known as the class that got this thing turned around and headed back in the right direction. One more from Dino on the success of his seniors. This team is really close. We've had some bad luck on the road to finally get that monkey off of our back. Three wins in a row. Conference win, the third conference win. You're talking about a, a bunch of guys that have been in college four or five years and never had a winning season. And now they get to walk around and say, not only do they have a winning season, it's a guaranteed reason winning season. It's the most wins they've ever had in the ACC, and we have a lot of football left. Dino Babers here on how he feels this team has changed things. To early, there's still three games to go here, but this team is certainly trending in the right direction when it comes to the health of the football. I took a lot of planning into trying my best to make sure this team came to November healthy. We did not do things exactly the same. That's the definition of insanity. We changed up a lot of stuff. Spring ball, fall, and a lot of things that we do during the week that are totally different. And I think I wasn't sure that those things were going to help us. I just know that we did it a certain way two years before, and it didn't work. So it didn't make any sense to me to keep doing the exact same thing. That's not my nature. And now we're here, and we're in a situation where we're it seems like we're healthier. I'm, we're, we're still one or two, three injuries away from being exactly where we were in 2017 and 2016. But we're trying desperately to try to rotate and, and do things from a physical and a game standpoint that give different units an opportunity to rest their bodies so we have an opportunity for everybody to come through this thing clean and not overuse one specific unit. That's Dino Babers today. The prior clips you heard before that was after the game on Saturday. So plenty more to come on that front. Hoops is back in our lives starting tomorrow night. We will certainly ramp up that conversation. The athletic director, John Wildhack, at 5 o'clock in our usual Monday festivities to come. 437-7644 is the phone number. If you're on hold, like our friend Tom in Fremont, we'll get to you shortly here, Tom. First, let's get to our friend Lee Baldwin. See how the stock market's doing here on this day before Election Day. Lee, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Brad. How was your weekend? Oh, it was awesome. How about you? It was great, other than the Bills game. But you know Oof. what? I'm just at the point, Lee, where I just, <laughs> like, I, I'm not surprised by what I'm seeing anymore, and I'm just like, I'm going to watch the red zone, because watching the Bills is just a waste of my time. So they're not even worth getting upset. <laughs> we still do, don't we? Over. We're trapped. We no, do. But... It's it. They're, not, they're just not worth getting upset over. So I just changed the channel, and everything's good. <laughs> Uh, well, things were pretty good in the market today. We were uh, half the stocks were up. Some tech stocks were lower, like the Fang stocks, and we'll talk about those someday. But uh, we do have a diamond of the day that goes to the Tom Brady of investing, Warren Buffett. I think Tom Brady just had a birthday. I don't know if he's as old as Buffett, but 
Uh, Berkshire climbed 4% after reporting a huge earnings gain this quarter. Our dog is uh, food service company Cisco. They fell about 10% for the same reason Berkshire up, except for their earnings weren't so hot. So uh, that's it. So let's have a great week. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate the time as always, my friend. That's Lee Baldwin. You can find him at LeeBaldwin.com. You can go visit uh, his offices in Casanova and Utica, get more diamonds than dogs. Uh, that portfolio. Just to clarify, that would be the food service Cisco, uh, not the rapper Cisco. Let's see what Tom and Fremont has to say. Talking some Syracuse football with us here at 437-7644. Tom, lead us off today, bud. What's happening? Hey, yeah, great, great opening. Um, the way I see it, I mean, you can talk about X's and O's and, and, and everything else. They have a, a group of guys on this team um, that are just setting the tone, bringing attitude and toughness. I think it's led by Chris Elmore. When he's in there, he's just a difference maker. I mean, a lot of times you see teams bring in a jumbo package, big guys, offensive, you know, put offensive guards and defensive tackles in the backfield, and they miss assignments, they whiff on blocks, and it just doesn't work. But he's in there, and it's just, I mean, it just brings a whole attitude to the team. I mean, it just, you know, you know what we're going to do. I love it when they put him in motion. And he stops where they're actually going to run the play. So the other team knows where the ball's going, and there's nothing they can do about it. Former defensive end, now a 280-pound Mack truck that you better not get in the way of. And he scored a touchdown, which was great. It's like you said, Tom, you know it's coming, but do what you can to stop it. There is an attitude that he brings. But I want to give credit to Jarvie and Howard. who You look at his numbers, and they weren't monster numbers, but a lot of power runs. He's a red zone threat got in the red zone, or pardon me, in the end zone twice. Dante Strickland, who has taken on an unselfish role on this team, he's such a team leader, he's sacrificed in terms of playing time, carries for some of the names we mentioned, and it's just you know part of that senior group that no matter what happens has put this team back on the map. I'm happy for Mo Neal. Frankly, I thought he should have got the ball more in that game. It all balanced out. That running game gets overshadowed too much, and it's easy to do when you got a quarterback that is as electric as Eric Dungy, and of course he ran the football in that game as well. But I was really happy that the running game was such a contributor and they had to really bear down and do it because that's football. You've got to win games running the ball sometimes, and those guys deserve their opportunity to show they could do it, and, and they shine. Let's break on that note. We will talk much more about this when we return. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Great to have you here on this Monday. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Just our philosophy, they, I mean, they really weren't going to let us throw the football. And we were like, well, okay, well, maybe they'll change their mind. And, you know, they weren't going to change their mind. So we said, okay, we need to run the football. And I think that kind of balanced out the score very quickly. That's Dino Babers Saturday after the game describing uh, what the Orange had to do uh, once they fell down 10 nothing. And, by the way, that 10-point deficit was the largest overcome to win a football game in the Dino Babers era. That doesn't sound like much. That's really not, frankly. It's... It's two scores, it's two possessions, but it just goes to show you that Syracuse either plays with the lead and wins with the lead, or when they lose, they lose. They haven't really had to come back or haven't had the capacity to come back when they fall behind by, in that case, 10 points. But they're down 10 nothing early. They adjusted and put Wake Forest in its wake. Waka, waka. Let's go back to the phones here. 
437-7644. In the case of our next caller, you put the area code in front of that because Randy's calling in all the way from Austin, Texas. How are things in Austin, Randy? Uh, excellent. How about you? Had things a chance to have great. a personal day, so I'll give you a call. Uh, big fan, have been for years. Thank you, sir. Great so, to hear your voice. How, how is it in Austin today? And I asked this question, Randy, because there is snow in the forecast later this week. Not surprising to hear, but it, that's just the deal. I, 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 I don't want to get hung up on, but on this personal day, it's about 78, and I'm sitting here with a beer in front of me. So don't, don't, hang, up, don't hang up on You're me. The, up, the climate Randy. is not my responsibility. You we're know, we're losing the uh, connection, Randy. <laughs> well, that, that makes that makes I say me the happy. same thing. That makes I me hope happy. You don't to hear get lake snow. I saw on Syracuse.com lake snow this weekend, perhaps that before is Thanksgiving. Correct. That good. is correct. Let's go. You know, we're okay. ready. It's SU hoop season. We're ready for it. Man. Yep. Well, you, yeah. I won't go there. You got to have snow for hoop season on some. Is it wrong, Brent? Given the arrogance out of the Louisville program, I'm not even talking about the basketball stuff, but the arrogance of Petrino. Like, I don't want to run up the score, but I am rooting for a beat down oh, drop on Friday. Drop an absolute beat down. Hammer. Yeah. Not only for, you know, the arrogance and some of the things that have come, the fact that Bobby Petrino's allowed to coach a football team is, is amazing to me, but you said it, Randy. I mean, they have piled up the scores, not by, you know, anything malicious, just Lamar Jackson's one of the best college football players I've ever seen in the past couple of years. And appreciate the call all the way from Texas, friend. Enjoy that cold beer in your. 78 degrees. Drop the hammer. It's Friday night. The whole country's watching. When you're in the poll, margin of victory matters. They say it doesn't. It does. Get the young guys out there. You uh, Now, look, there was once upon a time Eric Dungy stayed in a Louisville game too long and got hurt. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying you keep the foot on the pedal as long as you possibly can. I played the clip earlier. Dino showed it to his team. These are the scores. These are the yardage. How many of you in this room have beaten this team? They are hungry for Louisville. That's why questions about looking ahead to Notre Dame and stories about Notre Dame are just... I get why my media colleagues do it, but with this team, they just don't apply. This team is not thinking ahead. They want Louisville, and they want to do exactly what Randy just said. Now you got to go out there and do it. You don't want this to be the game Louisville figures something out and turns it around, but Syracuse has had a lot of success on Friday nights in the Dome. They completely outmatched this team, and did I mention Louisville's a dumpster fire at this point? Speaking of fires, hit me with that fancy open. Let's do it. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Le'Veon Bell has to report to the Pittsburgh Steelers by tomorrow, or he cannot play this year. And the question is, should he even show up? A sneaky tweet today where he had a hand waving goodbye to Miami where he's been staying while holding out for a bigger contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, he's got to be there or he will not be eligible for the upcoming season. That could affect his free agency and a lot of things. So he'll be there. He's already lost out to close to $10 million of a $14.5 million franchise tag. The Steelers have won their last four games after a 1-2-1 and one start. 
James Conner is second in the league in rushing. He has 706 yards in eight games, nine rushing touchdowns, 10 touchdowns overall. Bell has yet to even have contact with the Steelers, and now he's just going to show up tomorrow. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I say, thanks for coming. You can practice. I don't need you on Sunday. As talented of a player as Le'Veon Bell is, and as much as he has been staying in shape and when he's on his game as one of the best in football, I say, thanks for coming. Come Sunday, you're inactive. You're not disrupting the flow of my football team as much as I can handle it. You want to show up? That's fine. You want to be here? We got a roster spot for you. They didn't trade him, which I was surprised at. But I thought that Le- I don't blame Le'Veon Bell for what he did, but this is the consequences of it. You can find out that you are disposable. You can find out that we can put in somebody else and still be a successful team. Now, there's still a lot of season to go. Can the Steelers continue to ride that out? Can James Conner really be that guy when you've got the NFL's best running back arguably sitting there? But for now, if I'm Tomlin, I say, hey, thanks for coming. You can practice, but come Sunday, there's going to be an inactive list, and guess who's going to be on it? That's you. Because I don't want you disrupting anything. But football coaches, That's hot. being football coaches, uh, first time they lose. Hey, Le'Veon, my man. Now, what does Uncle Brent tell you about betting on sports, right? Billion dollars. Don't bet on sports. There's a reason that legally they keep building things in Las Vegas. You ever go to Vegas? One thing you always notice about Vegas, other than the obvious, there's always cranes in the air. They're always building hotels and casinos and things in Las Vegas. Why? Because you keep giving them your money by gambling on sports and a set other things. Now, this was a weekend, though, where you could come back at me and say, aha, Uncle Brent, once in a while, the house loses. Nevada industry sources estimate, according to ESPN.com, that the Nevada sports books lost somewhere around $10 million on the NFL this weekend. Lopsided bets on the Vikings, minus five over to Detroit. Steelers is the underdog at Baltimore. And 88% of money wagered on the point spread at the William Hill Sportsbook in Nevada on the Chiefs minus 8.5 at Cleveland. According to MGM Vice President of Race and Sports, Jay Rude, quote, we were pretty much done at that point. Disaster. His word, not mine. According to the Caesars head of risk operations, Jeff Davis, he simply said, quote, bad, really bad. Now, remember, there are states other than Nevada where sports betting is now legal. New Jersey and Mississippi are two of those states, and They had a bad weekend as well. Now, over the course of an NFL season, the house will beat you more often than not. There's a reason Vegas is Vegas. Point spreads are what they are. How often they're right. How often you find yourself saying that's a bad beat. And all these gambling terms that are out there. Once in a while, the public wins. And this was a big, big win. So my question is, and I haven't really looked at the lines in depth today, how does Vegas respond to get that money back? Because you know they'll get their money back. So that's hot. Uncle Brent tells you not to bet on sports, but this weekend you could say, I did and I won. Uh, you know who else won? Double thumbs this guy. Four and two on the pick six. I hit on Bama, the Steelers. I picked the Saints to beat the Rams and Georgia. We lost on Penn State covering on Michigan, and we lost on the Packers covering on New England. 
You know what else I won? I mean, hit the thing. It's, I'm sorry. I just... That's seven in a row. Seven survivor pick payoffs in a row. This week's pick was the Vikings. That makes seven in a row. We came up with this bit. I'll pick some games. I'll do some things on the air that will make you happy when I lose them. So far, all I've had to do, and this is enough, frankly, you make me eat a mallow cup and a hot dog with ketchup in consecutive weeks. I'm still recovering from that. My body is still recovering from that vileness, right? But to be 7-2 and two on the survivor pick with a seven-game winning streak, I mean, I'm like the Houston Texans. We started off bad, but we're rolling now, baby. So we scheduled today our next press room pub appearance because hot takes is sponsored by our friends at the press room pub the number one sports and entertainment venue in central new york located in historic herald square in downtown syracuse my next show at the press room pub is going to be next thursday we usually do them on fridays but it's kind of a crazy uh, schedule on fridays this month so we're going to do one on thursday before the su connecticut game maybe if i lose this weekend I will be doing that show next Thursday at the Press Room Pub in a Tom Brady jersey. But for now, Uncle Brent wins again. Seven in a row. You know what that is? That's hot. That's right. We'll break on that note. John Wildhack's coming up top of the hour, Syracuse Athletic Director. We still have to go on the blind side. Much more on Syracuse football in the rankings. Hoops is going to start making its way into the conversation, of course. We're not here tomorrow. So we'll get some hoops talk in next hour as well. Still a lot to do. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.